Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. With Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of 24-7 Sports. Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at taylorconstructionequipment.com or call 662-446-1048. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Monday morning. Thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get your podcast from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. Be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Zama. That would be a little weird. Nobody's, nobody would know what to do in Zama if, if Brupolo if it If it was a water store, call it Zima. And then like a water or something. No, that's like, that's like a beer or something, isn't it? It is a, it's a, uh, it, or like a spritzer or something. It was the predecessor. It is the, uh, like the evolution. It is the first step on the evolution to high noon. Yes, like, I remember. I remember it. It is. It is a. It is a beer, right? It's. It's a malt liquor. Okay, it's clear. It's free. I don't know, like I like. I, I don't know why I was thinking water, but I remember it specifically because it was like Lex Luger's Lex Luger Lex Luther's drink of choice in uh, Smallville. Yeah, Michael Rosenbaum. It was, it was, I mean, yeah, Zima. Every, yeah, every time you turn around, he's like snapping open a Zima. Like, what was it? What was the thing called where you would uh? You had to like pose to them, and you can make them chug it. What was that thing called? It was, a Smirnoff. A Smirnoff ice. Yes. Yes. You get ice. That was. You had to like. You have to get on your knee and yeah. chug it. Yeah. Zima crawled out of the primordial ooze so that <laughs> High Noon could walk. That's how. That's how Zima worked. Well, I don't know how we got there. I don't know how I thought that was a water initially. I apologize. We got there from Zama, which is where it would be weird if there was a brutal. So, wherever you are in our great state, if you want to enjoy Strange Brew Coffee each and every morning, just click away, strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. And don't forget, uh, it's a Bulldog Initiative business, so you're supporting the Bulldogs with every purchase that you make. And, hey, we're getting close to football season. You're going to be needing coffee. You know where to stop, right there on Highway 12 at Strange Brew Coffeehouse. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. I heard a little whisper. Heard a little something's coming on August the fifteenth. You might be like interested. tomorrow. Yeah, it's it, well, it, it, yes, yes. We we will have uh, there will be some merchandise available that you might be interested in. Maybe not for long. Yeah, yeah. You need to get the College Corner store quickly on on, on uh, tomorrow. Let's say tomorrow uh, mid afternoonish. Mid afternoonish sounds good. Just be aware. Sure. And, uh, you know, take a look. Just take a look around and see what you see. You know what I'm saying? All right. Just let All me. right. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. 
Restaurant Tyler. I ate at Restaurant Tyler for dinner on Saturday night with a uh, with a large group, and what a fantastic meal uh, that was! And the service outstanding. Place was buzzing. A lot of great people in there, and uh, I love to see it. And I, if, if Restaurant Tyler is that busy and that that uh, going like that strong, you know, two weeks before uh, two three weeks before football season, I can't wait to see what football season brings to those guys. Place is going to be packed. Make your reservations. Uh, for the weekends, you know you want to get in there and grab a meal. Such an incredible menu, great people, and it's always a good time. It's always a special occasion anytime you dine at Restaurant Tyler. 16 Priority One Bank locations throughout central Mississippi here to serve you. Go to PriorityOneBank.com to find the location nearest you. Guys, it comes down to a simple question. When you want to talk to somebody at a bank about a loan, about any kind of financial decision for you and your family, would you rather talk to people you know or people you don't? Well, it feels like a pretty easy question for me, and that's what you get with Priority One Bank. You're dealing with the people in your community, people you go to church with, people you see at baseball games, people that you, you have lunch with. That's who's working at Priority One Bank, not a corporate bank, not a bunch of people on a, on a board that you don't know and have never talked to you. That's the difference you're going to get when you bank locally with Priority One Bank. 16 locations means in central Mississippi, you're near one. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. Mississippi State's priority this weekend was its first scrimmage of preseason camp. Robbie and I had a drone in place. We saw everything. We had spies everywhere. No, we didn't. I wish we had. I wish we had a, a system like that, but alas, we did not. But uh, get shot out of the air immediately. Zach Arnett would pull like a 30-06 out and just take it down. Right. Yeah. And then he traced the purchase back to us somehow. And Beat us senseless. Then, then he would have us – I would have them tortured. That's what would, that's what would happen there. Um, we've all read the, the scrimmage reports uh, on 24-7. I've read what Joel and Logan had to say over there at hellstate.com. Feels like – some of what we talked about the other day about how you know the defense is going to win most of the reps, but the offense is going to have theirs as well is what we're looking at here. And that the defense early on in the scrimmage was was very much in control, but offensively they found their feet underneath them a little bit in the second half of the scrimmage and were able to get off some big plays. Will Rogers and Mike Wright both looked very good at the quarterback position, but defensively it feel, feels like if you said you were going to have to pick a winner for this scrimmage, it would be the defense. But that's just no surprise. I think, uh, you know, based on what I heard, by the end of the scrimmage, it got pretty even. Mm -hmm. um, I think the defense kind of dominated early, and then the offense really started to come into its own. I think that's a good sign. I mean, I, I don't really know. You never really know how to take that information, uh, especially if you can't see it yourself. Because, you know, for one thing, I mean, you and I love uh, – the folks at media relations, but they're not going to report anything negative right. on what happened at the, at the scrimmage. So I don't know what we could take away from that. Every scrimmage their their job is to make it look as good as possible. So I don't know what at all we could take away from that to really glean anything of substance, but um, you know, based on what I've been told by people that watched it and um, that were, you know, Maybe not so much neutral, but they they knew what they were watching. The defense started off really strong, mm -hmm. and we're, we're really keeping Will Rogers off balance. He was having a tough time 
um, really kind of get into a groove. About the end of the scrimmage, they had really started to run the ball well, open up some big pass plays. We saw a video of uh, Will Rogers hitting Creed Whitmore for a big gain. So it, it seems to me, based on everything that um, I've heard from the scrimmage, that both sides really had some big moments in, in the scrimmage. So, um, you know, Joe and Logan have, have praised Deontay Anderson, which would be really good news for Mississippi State because they're trying to find some depth on the defensive line. Uh, I think that would be great if, if he could be a guy that could emerge there. And there, from everything I was told, really good pass rush, Defensive mm-hmm. backs look good in the in the uh, scrimmage. So, mm-hmm. didn't hear anything, you know, too terrible coming out of that scrimmage. Nothing too glaring, nothing too concerning. It looks like everybody kind of got their punches in. It's kind of interesting with uh with Deontay Anderson that when we talked to the defensive coaches prior, we talked to them Saturday afternoon around noon. Talked to Arnett and talked to Matt Brock. They mentioned Deontay Anderson. So. You know, it's it's not a case of them seeing the scrimmage and saying, "Yeah, Deontay Anderson played really well." It's more of, "Hey, before we've even done anything, this guy's been practicing really well, and we've been pretty impressed by him." And it continues to be a theme with Arnett, and and not so much with Brock, but Arnett bringing it up that I, you feel like more more and more that the, the idea that State's going to play some four man fronts this year, or maybe play four man front a lot this year, is going to be a thing. And if that's the case, they, they do need a guy like Deontay Anderson to really emerge, I think. you you got to have guys that can play on the outside. And I, I feel like the talent on the inside is going to be pr- pretty good, but we don't really know what to expect out of the pass rush. You know, who, what can they do there? Who's going to be your defensive ends in that situation? I mean, you need Deontay Anderson. You need Jordan Davis. You need those guys to really step up and, and start to become uh, guys that you can really count on. And – Everything I can tell is this this team's probably going to be multiple in their fronts and what they do. They, they've mentioned four-man fronts so often that it's hard to believe that they won't run it yeah. uh, at least a little bit throughout the year. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. And it, he brought it up, I think, yesterday about the possibilities of a 4-2-5 mm-hmm. and running with the two-linebacker set. He went so far, Robbie, as to talk about running a 4-3. Yes, so I mean, it looks like they're it's it's a it's a defense that's not going to be married to anything. It's mm-hmm. gonna they're gonna put the best guys in position to give them a chance to to win possessions and win games. Yeah, and that's to me that's great to hear. Yeah, to hear a coach say we're gonna do whatever we have to do to win. Man, that's got to be refreshing for state fans. Yeah. The other thing that that I, I took away from this scrimmage from the reports that we've been able to see is that Mike Wright seems to have come a, a, a long way as a passer at this point. Not saying that he's he's going to push Will Rogers out of a starting job, but he seems to be playing pretty well right now. Yeah, you know, everything that we've seen from him so far, I've seen very little of Mike Wright to this point at quarterback, but you know, I, I trust what I hear from Paul and some of the other media that have seen him. And then yesterday seems to have had a really good scrimmage. So to me, that's nothing but good news for Mississippi State to have another quarterback that you could put out there if something ever happens to Will Rogers that you can trust that can throw the football. And it's not that Mike Wright wasn't in, was 
incapable of throwing the football. It's just it's, it wasn't his strong suit at all. I mean, he's a guy that was kind of a run-first mentality, and that can work in this offense pretty well. But you need a guy to be multiple in this offense. And for State, to put him out there knowing – for defenses to know or to not – I guess not know what to expect, um, I, I think that that's, that's great for the Bulldogs, to have a quarterback that can get out there, put him in a certain package – and the defense isn't saying he's running 100% here. He can get out there. He can throw the football a little bit. And it also makes you feel a lot better if something were to happen to Will Rogers because you can never have too many options at quarterback just in case uh, things happen. And we've seen Mississippi State in the past just absolutely decimated by injuries to the point that I'm, I remember in the in the late 2000s, when, uh, you know, I think Zach Smith was taking some reps at quarterback. There was a safety taking reps at quarterback in practice. They were down to like their third or fourth string quarterback. If something happens to Will Rogers, you don't want to have to say this season's over. You want to be able to, to have the opportunity to salvage things. And Mike Wright being a capable guy at that backup quarterback position is a real revelation for Mississippi State. And it also makes you feel a lot better about next season, too, if Will Rogers decides he doesn't want to come back for another year, having Mike Wright back for one, having Mike Wright there for a, an opportunity to kind of bridge the gap for the younger guys or whatever, um, that that'd be awesome. But I, I think it also speaks to what Kevin Barbet and what Mississippi State's you know offensive analyst and uh, whoever is doing with him to develop him already just in a few months' time. I think that is uh, that that's tremendous news because he's been able to go from a guy that you didn't feel comfortable with throwing the ball a whole lot to a guy that can now do some big things for you and having that arsenal too, a guy that can throw it and run it the way that he does. I mean, he's a guy to watch. I think that they're going to have some packages for him and have an opportunity to get him in the ball game and do some big things for him this year. One of the things I find very encouraging to me anyway, is that, you know, if you go back to the spring, Robbie, and we talked about Mike Wright, and we, I would have said, gosh, if, if Rodgers goes down, I mean, never mind struggling to make a bowl. You know, you might not make a bowl with Mike Wright. The The fact that he's been able to come in and now he looks like a quarterback who can you can win games with, that that that's a testament to him. That's a testament to the coaching staff that they've been able to, you know, in that in that time frame, get him to that point. So I, that's encouraging to me. But it's also encouraging to me that, you know, I know that, you know, we, we've known that Mike Wright's going to be a quarterback that there, there's a package for, right? There's going to be short yardage, running plays, whatever. But now you can just put him in there and you don't have to take away anything. You're not limited. by, by It doesn't appear like you're going to be limited in what you can do with him in there. So if you want to bring him in there to, you know, to play action, fake the option, and he throws the ball down the field, I feel like you're going to be in good situations there. So that's obviously a very good thing uh, for Mississippi State. One thing I also took away from this is something that people who didn't play, it, it appears if you read the recaps and everything, you don't see Jet Johnson's name a whole lot. You don't see Buki Watson's and Crumbity's name a whole lot. Obviously, Mississippi State is prioritizing their health over reps. And, and, and Arnett kind of talked about that with us 
at Sports Talk Mississippi on Thursday. He's like, look, I know what those guys can do. I, I got to find out what the other guys can do. That's just smart coaching, in my opinion. Yeah, there's really – I mean, what do they have to prove at this point? Mm-hmm. And how many times have we seen guys get injured in preseason scrimmages and miss the year, miss several months? I mean, last year in practice, he lost Crumity for most of the uh, regular season because of an injury that he got, I think, in practice. So, I mean, those guys have proven everything that they have to prove. There's really nothing else you need to see from them. So, if the coaching staff um, really prioritize their health, I think that's smart for them to take it easy. I mean, they might have got out there for a few plays, mm-hmm. if that. But I mean, what? I mean, what do you really? What are you really learning from from those guys at this point? They've proven themselves. They've been starters for three years or more at this point. We're going to talk to Arnett uh, as you're listening today. Uh, I think that I think that's in the evening though, so I won't be there. I, I don't know if you will or not, Robbie. Um, but I'm interested to see. You know, I asked him about. You know, wh- you talk about your team's not ready. They're not game ready. It's so early in practice. You know, when do you feel like you know that they're ready? I'm interested to see how much more ready he feels they are after the first scrimmage. And, of course, you know, uh, one more to go, obviously, uh, next Saturday as well. So, you know, it feels like camp is rolling a lot. Maybe it's because I always feel like when I talk about how different things are from a year ago that I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm being negative towards Leach. I'm not. But because this is just like a little bit more organized, it feels like, and because when we talk to Arnett, we're talking about football and getting like detailed football answers a little bit more. It just feels like this camp is flying by for for, for whatever reason. It's only been they've only you know they've only been in there uh, what they've only pra- done what seven practices I think, but it just it feels like you know the season's about to start tomorrow for me. I wish it was. I'm <laughs> ready for football, man. I, mean, I know. There's only so much that a. a preseason NFL game can do for you. There's always a Premier League. You can you can start watching that. I started I up. did. I did start watching uh high school football for the first time this year on Friday. Yeah. They they've already started. Who'd you go see? Starville Academy and Lamar. They had so a crazy the, game last year, am I right? It was pretty crazy. It mm-hmm. came down to like the to like a two point conversion, I think. Yeah. If I remember right. It was right in front of right in front of me. And um I think the guy was like out of bounds on the catch. They so it was incomplete, and the more people did not think so, but it was like two feet in front of me, and his footprint was like literally right there. But there's the MAIS is two weeks. They start two weeks before the yeah. MHSAA, which is just nuts. I mean, what was it? August the tenth. Friday was the eleventh. Uh, yeah. 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 August 11th. That's got to be the earliest I can yeah, remember. I, mean, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm trying to think back to like my high school days. I mean, that was usually still like we were in preseason practice. We were still doing two days on August the 11th. Like the football season didn't start till like maybe another two weeks from now. You know, like the Friday, not the Friday before Labor Day, but the Friday before that. And yeah, it's just crazy. It's crazy. And it's, Especially with football being a sport that, you know, it doesn't really lend itself to playing in heat. I don't understand what they're doing getting the football season started so early. But And my gosh, it was so hot the other night. And the sun was down for three quarters, but it was so freaking muggy. 
I was sweating like a pig. Mm-hmm. It was rough. I, was I don't know about, how those guys were doing it. I was thinking about like Arnett moving stuff around and moving practices to be in, in the in the morning, trying to beat the heat. And sometimes I'm just thinking, you know, we're not that far removed from coaches scheduling practices on purpose in the hottest part of the day. Yeah. You know, like when's it going to, when's the temperature going to be the hottest? That's when we're going to practice. You know, it, well, it, I feel like Mike Leach did that a lot because that, I mean, I, you, you want, I mean, you do want your guys to be acclimated to that. I think kind that's of more though that Leach just didn't want to do morning practice. Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm sure that was his reasoning for himself, but he did mention that. Like, I mean, you're going to have to, you're going to have to play in that heat at some point. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't recommend it at this stage of, of you know the world that you do that all the time, right. but I think it is good to do that fairly often so your body is conditioned to it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the the more that we're inside and we're you know sitting in the air all day, I mean, our bodies get further and further deconditioned to dealing with that kind of weather. Yes, you know, I, back in the day, I get like that. yes, I mean, I didn't grow up without without air conditioning unit or anything like that, but we stayed outside during the summer for a long, long part of the day. And our bodies were pretty well conditioned to that weather. And it's not really, to me, it's not that like the kid's mentality is, you know, softer. I don't like, I'll let everybody else uh, talk about that, but physically we, our bodies really are not built to deal with this. Right. Because you spend so much time inside. I mean, you have to condition your body for this kind of weather. Yeah. So it's tough. That's why, I mean, we always talk about, you know, how somebody's going to be able to handle coming to the Southeast to play like a non-conference game Mm -hmm. early on the season. Like, you know, last year, I think that definitely had something to do with Utah going to Florida. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we wanted it to be an issue for Oregon back in, 2002 or whenever that was when mm-hmm. they came down here. Uh, but I think they had like some kind of like weird, like condition conditioning jacket they wore or whatever. But yeah, it's always kind of a, it's interesting to see those teams come from other places down here and see how they react to it. I'm interested, I mean, Arizona is in such a hot climate, but you know, does the humidity get them down here? I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know either. Anything else? I know, I know it's really hot up there too. But. Yeah. Anything else from the scrimmage that you want to talk about? Anything that caught your eye? Anything that you you've heard that you want, you think we would miss spend a little time on? Creed Whitmore, Seth Davis, a couple of freshmen. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm excited about seeing those guys. I don't, I don't know if we'll see Seth Davis for more than four games this year. It would be nice to redshirt him. Yeah. I mean, do you need five running backs? No, you don't. No. So it would be nice to redshirt him. It'd be nice to it really would be nice to redshirt somebody like Jeffrey Pittman too, but I don't know if that's gonna happen. Um so can't see a know. JUCO guy, a JUCO skill position player getting redshirted like that. Very rare. But like if he's the fourth string guy, like how much is he gonna no, you're right. help you this year? I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do with those. Um, that's a that's an interesting situation. You know, we talked about Jaquavius Marks the other day and whether or not he could get a thousand yards. Do they decide they want to go, you know, four guys deep and rotate them in and out of the ball game regularly? Do they go with, you know, two or three guys? I don't know. But um, 
Uh, it's it's going to be an absolute shock if Cree Whitmore isn't playing a major factor with his wide receivers this year. I mean, he's just – there's always a guy early on in camp that pops, mm-hmm. you know, as a true freshman that, or that's something. Cree Whitmore right now, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember to, still to this day, I remember the first practice that we saw in 2013 and seeing to Wilson. Mm-hmm. And saying there is no way they're keeping him off the field because mm-hmm. he was just—I mean—he was just dominating people in practice. And I saw the same thing from Tavis Calhoun. He was a redshirt freshman, but he ended up playing. So you usually, see it early. You can usually tell whether or not guys are getting it quick. And I think Freed and Isaac Smith are definitely getting it quick. One thing with Seth Davis, I mentioned this back during the recruiting process, and I'll mention it again. But I would have them back there with Tulu Griffin on kickoffs. I feel like yeah. he's an explosive guy. I, I think he Zavion Thomas, one of the two. Yeah. Now that probably t- I, I like Zavion as the punt returner. I I just like the idea if if you're not going to redshirt Seth Davis, if you come to that conclusion, you I, I I would want to have him out there. Who who we had that that um you and I did. I think me and Bob did about Kylan Hill. I was like, if you're gonna if you're not gonna let him carry the football, let him return kicks. You know, put the ball in the hands of your most explosive guys. Yeah, and, I mean, if he if they if if they're not going to put if they're going to use um, Davis and they're not going to put Xavion back there, then yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it pans out. All right, let's move on into the rest of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef it's what's for dinner when you're cooking out. When it's grilling season, it's time to talk beef. So many great options for beef. It's beyond just steak and burgers. When you know your butchers and you're talking to those guys and you're getting the right cuts, great stuff. I'm telling you, you go to Kroger right now and there's flank steak, skirt steak, beef back ribs, flat iron steaks, sirloins. And that's on top of all the ribeyes and strips and everything else they've got. I mean, there's just a million options for beef out there. And that's what you want to be cooking out when you're firing up the grill. So we got a few weeks left in the summer. Don't let yourself down. Grab some beef. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. It's also a great place to go after hours. That's where I was. The old man went out on uh, on Saturday night and then hung out with his young friends for a little while. Guess How do you do, I- fellow kids? I was a- guess what time I went to bed on Saturday? Just guess. 3 a.m. Uh, it's not that bad, but it was it was two fifteen. Oh, yeah, I was out late. Wow, still got it though. I still got it. So that was fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, we all know about the food, but hey, if you're you're out in the town in the Cotton District, Two Brothers is a great place to go by have a have a cocktail, have a cold beer, enjoy yourself. They got dance music playing. It, it's great. I assume that's what the kids still like. So. On top of great food, it's just a great place to hang out. It's always going the cotton in the cotton district. It's the home of smoked southern soul food, and it's a bulldog initiative business. It's two brothers smoked meats. Great products, great service. Every business promises it to you. They deliver it to you at Advantage Business Systems, and they have for over 48 years. You can't be in business that long unless you take care of your customers. When you need service, or I'm sorry, when you need technology for your business, copiers, printers, laptops, computers, information systems. Call Advantage Business Systems. And then if you need service, you call them back. No 1-800 number, no uh, call centers overseas, no out-of-state technicians, just good Mississippi people taking care of you. 
601-362-9192 or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. Guys, the next polo you purchase for Mississippi State needs to come from the Rogues Collegiate Collection. That's the place to go. They've got the best selection of collegiate polos and pullovers you're going to find. Great name brands, great products, and the service that comes from one of the South's top men's clothing stores. You just can't go wrong. So head over to the Rogue in Jackson today. We are a few weeks away from kickoff. Get yourself a state script polo. Look the part with a new polo from the Rogue. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. So we talked to uh, to Barbay on uh, on Saturday, and I'll give credit to Steve Robertson. He had the qu- he got the question off first. I know that I had this question loaded and ready to go. I know that Stefan Krasnick had this question loaded and ready to go. It was just time to ask it about this narrative going around that that this offense is going to be a lot under center. And Barbe really, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that he laughed it off, but he laughed it off. He, he made it very clear that his offense is a shotgun-based offense. That it is an offense that when you talk about how they're going to do things, they're going to they're going to operate more than anybody and more than anything else out of the shotgun. So last year, on average, uh, for the for for the season, App State averaged seventy three plays uh, per game. Seventy three plays. Okay, that that's that's a that was good enough for forty uh, first nationally. And if you're thinking, oh, that seems like a low number, I mean, you've got to take into account guys that like seventy three, and then somebody else is at seventy three point one, so they're above them, right? They're still running 73 plays a game. There's just one game where they had one more play than than the other team did. So it, it, it the, the margin of error, the the difference between uh one and uh, one's not a good example because you got some teams that go stupid fast. But let's just say uh 10 and uh, which was Indiana and 41 which was App State is six plays. So it's if you're thinking that doesn't seem like a large number or or, or whatever, it, it's that's not the case. So 73 plays and 95 percent is what he said uh, comes out of the gun. 70 of the 73 plays out of the shotgun. So if you're concerned that this is going to be a a an offense that you know. Now I did say I did I did I, I really do think this. I think that Barbe should troll the hell out of everybody. Robbie, first play of the game, two backs, two tight ends under center. Let's go, but throw it deep, throw it deep out of that formation. Yeah, I I don't know where this started. Well, do, do people just because I mean obviously this got some West Coast. Uh, concepts or whatever. Do people just think, you know, because of that, they're like they're thinking back to the Sylvester Croom era or what? I mean, it's a it's an interesting thing. I, I think some things have gotten misconstrued because I know Cole Kublick and Jacob Hester have talked about it. And I actually talked to Cole Kublick this weekend and you know, he said, yeah, I, I know it's out of the shotgun predominantly, but he's talking, he's not so much talking about taking snaps under center, he said, as he is talking about turning your back to the defense. And and Barbe talks about that. He he addresses that in his answer to this question, where he's talking about running the pistol, 
And when you run the pistol to do a play action fake, yeah, the quarterback has got to turn. You know, right. when you're when you're in the shotgun and the back is alongside you, you just put the ball out there, you're still looking down the field. In the pistol, the back is behind you, you got to turn to make that fake. So that is a different thing for for uh for Rodgers. And that is a formation that you will see more than three plays throughout throughout the football season, throughout the game. You will see Mississippi State in some pistol fo- formations as they should. I like the pistol. I think it's like a really good formation. It allows you to to run the football effectively, but you can obviously do everything you want to do. You know, you can have an air raid pistol set. You can have a a, a yeah. back behind the run the, the quarterback and still run all the air raid concepts that sh- that you want. My only thing with that it's is like he's, this, this talking point, this crutch for some people, though, Robin. Well, I mean, here's my thing with it. I mean, I, I feel like people are thinking that Will Rogers is like only ever run the air raid. He's run the pistol some in high school. Mm-hmm. He's he's been under center. I mean, I I realize he hadn't done that predominantly the last three years, but it's not like he, you know. It's like one of those deals where they're doing the TikTok challenge where you have to learn how to skip again. <laughs> like, I don't think that's what we're dealing with here. Like, I, I feel like Will Rogers is a, is a guy that can kind of adjust to that. So, I, you know, it's just not – to me, I feel like it's been made made so much bigger than it actually is. Yes, they're no. going to run, run under center – some, I'm sure, short yarded situations, goal line packages, things like that. Maybe an ace back. I, you know, we'll we'll see how they do that. But it's not going to be enough to drastically change the trajectory of the season. That that's kind of been my whole thing with it. I feel like a lot of people that are a whole lot smarter than both you and I about football have tried to have focused a little too much on that. Mm-hmm. Instead of looking at the grand scope of it, mm-hmm. it's been kind of weird. Like it's been, it has. I feel like people are trying to find reasons for Mississippi State to not be any good, and well, I, I don't. Go ahead, go ahead. I, I just don't like that. That whole thing doesn't make any sense to me. And my, I, I, I want to know how is Mississippi State going to make this work, not how are they going to screw it up. Like, well, I, what's interesting, Robbie, to me anyway, is that we had a, a long, you know, three years of. You know this offense in the air raid. It's going to be difficult to make it work in the SEC, and and it you know I don't know if if he can do that with all the SEC athletes. And then it turns into well, they don't have the air raid anymore, so how can they be successful? Yeah, that's always my go-to, man. I I just like how do you how do you combat that? How how do you I, I don't know what what's Mississippi what offense is Mississippi State supposed to run that it, that can work here? Wing T. I mean, I me well, if it was that, if it was that, they would say, well, they're only going to pass the ball five times a game. How is yeah. that going to work? Exactly. So, so there's, there's nothing that you can well, it goes sell back to, what you to were a national week, media It goes back to what you were saying last week, that people don't want to give Mississippi State the benefit of the doubt, that people find reasons for Mississippi State to be unsuccessful when they try to find reasons for other programs to be successful. And yeah. then sometimes it's the same it's the same reason, you know. They'll they'll tell you, well, this is true about Mississippi State, and that's probably why they're only going to win six games this year. But this is true about Arkansas, and that's a reason I think they're going to win nine games this year. And it's, I mean, it's the same reason. Roman Harper the other day was on Feinbaum and said, like, I think Mississippi State's going to have a better season than than Ole Miss, and mm-hmm. here's why. And 
Paul Feinbaum was shocked. You think states could have a better record than Ole Miss? Which they well, it's did only happened. Year. It's only happened nine of the last thirteen years, Paul. <laughs> nine of the last thirteen years, Mississippi State's had a better record, and that—that's the thing. Like, you present those things, and it's like, why does Mississippi State not get the benefit of the doubt? This is how things have been now. Yeah. For almost 15 years. We're not talking about, you know, Mississippi State in the you know mid two thousands or whatever. Right. We're at the point now where this is this is Mississippi State football. They yeah. are no longer the you know nineteen seventies, night late nineteen eighties football program that they were. Mm-hmm. This is a program that has had as much stability as anybody in the league that's not named Alabama, Georgia, LSU. Uh, Texas A&M, Mississippi State is middle of the pack towards upper half of the league as far as consistency in this league. Mm-hmm. And they do not get the benefit of the doubt. And I I don't know. I think this year they're going – and next year too, if, if they have successful seasons these next two years, if you can't get them the benefit of the doubt then, yeah, it, it's never going to happen. Never going to happen. No, I agree. Because this would be coach number four, yeah, for Mississippi State that has shown. I mean, even even Joe Moorhead, you know, that went to was two not bowls. good. He went to two bowl games and won two egg bowls. Yeah, I mean, when so, you when your low season is six and seven with a with a bowl game, and you get fired, okay. yeah, and you got fired, you're, you're doing okay. I mean, it means you have a pretty good program. So, all right, let's look at the week that we have coming up uh, tomorrow. SEC preview: the Ole Miss Rebels. So we'll uh, we'll we'll see what uh, we have to say about the uh, the mighty Rebs on uh, tomorrow's show. Uh, our opponent preview this week will be the Arizona Wildcats. So we'll try to get somebody out there from uh, from out west uh, to join us here on the podcast. I will have the rumblings, obviously, plenty to talk about from practice, and plenty more to talk about as well. So, guys, have a great Monday. Robbie and I'll be back with you on Tuesday for Robbie Falk. I'm Brian. Hey, Dad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.